Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows Weekly Threat Intelligence Podcast. Today, I am joined by Alec and Charles. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. good. Pretty hey, good. that was nice. Unison. I like it. That's it. Practiced. Uh, yep. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's definitely been a week already. Um, thank God tomorrow is Friday. It is Friday right now for listeners, but we have quite a bit to talk about, so let's go ahead and jump on into it. Uh, Charles, uh, we were kind of chatting about this earlier. So Visa issued a warning on the new JavaScript credit card skimmer known as Baca. Uh, can actually remove itself from memory after exfiltrating stolen data. So give or take, what are the general characteristics that set this skimmer apart from others? Um, yeah, well, I mean, you named the big one, like the pulling itself out of out of memory after it's ran is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it's I mean, this is probably uh, written by someone that's pretty skilled. Um, I think that'd be nice to be able to uh, forget some of my own code sometimes, you know, but yeah. <laughs> uh, pull that out of my own memory. But yeah, I think that's definitely going to be one of, the, one of the bigger characteristics. And the fact that it also can try to evade detection by like, uh, it, it detects if there's like the use of developer tools for dynamic analysis and stuff to go ahead and take itself off the page so it doesn't load and render that way. But uh, otherwise, it uses like a pretty straightforward XOR cipher to go ahead and encrypt like its its payload when it pulls down and communicate back to the uh, C2 server and stuff. So that part of it's pretty straightforward, but it does try to blend in a lot. Uh, and that part is not unique to this one specifically. You see a lot of that and stuff like that. Magecart was was one that would try and blend yeah. in with some of its uh, some of its code to make sure that people wouldn't notice it. But this one this one tries to blend in by looking like it dynamically loads a page. Uh, and and the big part of it that makes it stand out is, is that ability to remove itself uh, from memory after use, which is really interesting. So, Okay, so that's really interesting. So say I'm hosting an e-commerce site. I mean, I know that you have your players out there, like you just mentioned, Magecart, to be concerned about. You want to make sure that your website isn't vulnerable to some of these attacks, but what should I do to make sure that my page isn't vulnerable to this specific type of skimmer? Uh, you need to start really making a look at like your JavaScript libraries, where are you pulling stuff from, what kind of content is hosted, like on those places, you know, it's it's almost like a supply chain kind of thing as well. You want to make sure where they're getting their information from, where they're pulling their data from, and kind of just keep an eye on that kind of stuff as well. Okay, awesome. Well, that one uh, wrapped up quite nicely. Um, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and shamelessly plug a new blog that uh, one of our researchers on Photon published earlier this week. It uh, basically covers cyber espionage and how to not get spooked by nation state actors. So feel free to take a look at that. Um, on to Alex. So there is a, an atypical maldoc delivery. Uh, they've called it Epic Manchego. Uh, in this particular case, the VBA code and the drop payloads, they're really nothing to write home about. So what's so interesting about this specific campaign? Yeah, yeah so it's kind of your typical info stealer, but what's unique about this one is the maldocs. So when they were actually looking into them, uh, they noticed that they differ from traditional Microsoft Office documents. So the third actor that's responsible appears to be using a tool um, it's named EP+. So it creates the Excel document without any of the compiled VBA code. Um, and so it strips a lot of the macro uh, information that you would typically find in a Microsoft Office Excel document. Um, so yeah, this obviously raised some red flags with security researchers and they wanted to, you know, look into this a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's it's really interesting. It's uh, we're we're used to seeing, you know, these 
this malware being embedded in Excel documents through Microsoft Office, but it's interesting that they developed it through a completely different platform. So definitely uh, interesting there. So how does this method really enable attackers to further their operation? Yeah, so creating the Excel workbook outside of any Microsoft Office product, it results in a significant decrease in the identification and detection of these malicious documents. So again, just making it more difficult to identify them, more difficult to detect them, and uh, you know, establishing themselves more likely to complete their, their objectives. Okay, sweet. Um, so is it possible that the, the actor or actors behind this are currently testing the success of the campaign or are they kind of ramping this up over time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it definitely seemed like a bit of a trial run, but they're just trying to see how, how effective these documents that they created are. Um, so they mentioned in the research that the targeting appeared really limited in scope, so it really wasn't targeting too many organizations. And considering the amount of time that you would expect for the threat actor responsible um, that they went through to develop these documents, you would expect it to be, be more widespread as far as targeting goes. So um, there is some indications that this could come back in the future for a broader campaign. Okay, that'll be that'll definitely be interesting to see. So. I guess in the meantime, what should organizations do to thwart similar attacks? Yeah, so I mean, as mentioned previously, the payloads are, are, aren't anything new. Um, they should be detected by your typical modern technology. Uh, but specifically, organizations are recommended to you know, use your, your repeat offender filter email attachments and emails sent from outside organizations, uh, implement uh, robust endpoint detection and respond um, response defenses, and then create phishing awareness trainings and perform phishing exercises. All right, sweet. Yeah, phishing, uh, phishing training and exercises, security awareness training, that's always, that's a big one. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, moving on to the next topic. So there's a new ransomware as a service. It's uh, CoinSmaug. Does that, uh, does that ring a bell to anyone on today? I think that's from Harry Potter, right? Yeah, definitely Harry Potter. Star Wars. I just, I just made so many people angry right now. You did, and I kind of felt that too. That was a shock to the chest. Dozens of, <laughs> dozens of listeners have just cried out in anger. <laughs> well, for our other uh, nerd culture fans, uh, Smaug is actually in Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> Charles, but you already know that. And um, in the cyberspace, it's actually a new ransomware as a service flavor. That first surfaced back in late April 2020. So... As I'm sure many of our listeners are aware, ransomware as a service offerings have been kind of popping up more and more often. But due to Smaug's robust uh, and full service offerings, this specific operation has been gaining traction among RAS buyers, or as researchers have called them, distributors. Currently, Smaug operators charge about 20% of their distribu distributors' revenue, and then compared to other fully public offerings, it has a pretty steep registration fee of about 0.2 Bitcoin, or which translates to about 1,800 USD. Um, and then a really interesting part of the service is that operators created a company mode, which gives attackers access to a single key that can be used with the caveat that their victim complied with the ransom uh, and then that key can decrypt all of their victims once encrypted assets. So it's pretty much really easy, really to the point. Um, once they get their money, they're able to hit that key and then the systems are decrypted. 
Um, another interesting feature with, within Smog is that it can work offline. So there's no need to have connectivity for the payload to execute and encrypt, which can be pretty, pretty nerve-wracking for regular security practitioners. And then finally, we were actually talking about ransomware as a service, customer service, um, a couple weeks ago, Charles. And then um, this one, Smaug, they actually offer a fully automated payment system and then full quote unquote support for both of their customers and their victims. And on that topic of ransomware, our very own Alec actually put out a blog titled Not Another Ransomware Blog, which we are all thinking not another ransomware blog. I think he nailed it with the title, but uh, it definitely goes into the ins and outs of initial access brokers and their business model and how they operate. So if you're interested, please have a look. We will have that listed in the show notes. And then finally, to wrap us up with our, uh, our final topic, Alec. So Alec, France just put out a warning of Emotet attacking companies. Can you kind of give us a high level overview? I mean, Emotet... That's a pretty familiar name in our space, but can you give us a quick refresher? Yeah, yeah. So Emotet, one of those repeat offenders, we've been relevant, uh, really been relevant for a long time. The LeBron James of malware, uh, so to speak. So uh, in its days as a rookie back in 2014, it was just your typical run-of-the-mill banking Trojan. Um, but really, it's it's progressed and grown into something really sophisticated. So now in the big leagues, it's it's evolved into a prominent malware botnet that's being used to drop the likes of TrickBot uh, or deploy ransomwares like Ryok and uh, Conti. So it's really developed over the, the course of you know, the past couple of years and has grown to be a sophisticated piece of malware that um, you know, we're seeing continually. Okay. All right. Very interesting. So I guess in this specific scenario, what happened? Why did France send out this advisory? Yeah, well, you know, there's just a lot of Emotet going around the world right now. Uh, after a period of inactivity on July 17th, Emotet really hit the ground running. Uh, so they mentioned that they started seeing reported daily spam runs of more than 500,000 emails every day. Man, that's wild. So it's, yeah, it's targeting organizations globally. Uh, and France wasn't the only one to put out this advisory. Japan as well, New Zealand as well. Uh, so it's really just kind of like, hey, you guys should be aware of this. You should you know, at least have this on your radar because um, it's something that we're, we're seeing quite active recently. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So I guess since they're in activity um, and then now they're suddenly back with the new campaign, are there any new developments with Emotet? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, interestingly now, uh, Emotet has a, a new shiny capability being able to steal attachments. So to you know, further appear legitimate within its mouse spam attempts. So it basically now can inject malicious attachments that are uh, a part of existing conversations. So looking and like you're actually belonging in a conversation, looking at the attachments that have been previously sent uh, and then injecting your own malicious attachment, following suit with the conversation. So you don't seem like, uh, you know, you're just random information. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. That that's, I don't, I hate that <laughs> to be <laughs> honest with you, but uh, I mean, I'm not surprised at the same time. I mean, earlier this year I did a, um, a top three, you know, fishing trends for people to look out for in 2020 and upping their legitimacy was definitely one of the main points. So I'm not surprised that, you know, they're trying to do this to make whatever attachment it is look more legitimate, but definitely ups the stakes and makes it a little bit more scary out there. All right, cool. So I think that should uh, wrap us up for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me, Alec and Charles. Yeah. 
It's good to All be here. All right. <laughs> All right. And thank you, listeners. Appreciate it. Everyone stay safe. Uh, keep an eye on those phishing emails, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.